You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where the show meets a game with a knowledge. Yeah. What's up, guys? Jeff and Neil here in the wow. studio with me. I'm Ken. I am Neil. I feel like I phased out of time and space just now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you guys uh, hate it when I mess with the slogan? Is that a thing? I don't care. I don't care. It's fine with me. Do you, Do you know where Matt is today? Yeah, actually, um, it's it's kind of funny. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Well, you know, I'm a big Justin Timberlake fan and obviously a J.C. Shazay fan, uh, real name Joshua. But uh, they're actually bringing back the Mickey Mouse Club. And Matt thought that he would just, you know, take his one shot that he never had as a teenager and try out. He's trying out. As a grown man. Yes. So it's him and a bunch of kids. Him and a bunch of kids. I think it'll be okay. Mm, he'll probably end up in handcuffs, but that's fine. That's I mean, fine. if it comes down to physical competitions, I think he's probably got the edge. Yeah, feats of strength against the Mickey Mouse Club contestants. <laughs> that was a part of Mickey Mouse Club, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the like, feats of strength segment. <laughs> that's, where, that's where Festivus comes from. Well, we are very excited for today's show, as per usual, but we do have a uh, special contingent of guests Skyping into us. First of all, Triviality Superstar, Kantat Svensgaard. How are you doing today? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. And you're coming to us from Brooklyn, and uh, you're previously from Oakland, we understand. Exactly. Uh, proud of both locations uh, and uh, happy to be here. And as Neil, as Neil said, the two rap capitals of the world, pretty much. Yeah. Yes, well, right. we'll go for it. I don't know uh, if you want to count, you know, like MC Hammer and that and Too Short. <laughs> we got Kendrick from uh, Oakland, right? Is he? I thought so. Maybe, oh, he? no, he's from Compton, I guess. No, that's right. Yeah. Which yeah. is in where, Neil? Not Oakland. Not Oakland. No. <laughs> it's about six hours, I would think, right? So uh, what do you do, Kantat? Uh, during the day, I do uh, IT services, desktop support, that type of thing. Uh, and at night, I tinker in comedy, sketch, uh, stand-up, uh, improv, little of everything. Awesome. Where can uh, folks find you? Uh, I'm, at a, I'm at various locations. Just If you're in the Facebook group, I tend to post my little uh, what I'm doing next there. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us tonight and for your support. Um, also supporting us, Triviality Superstar, Keith Moser. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, coming to us all the way from Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Uh, well, during the day, I do. I'm not sure what I do. I have had a new position for over a year, but they haven't changed my title. Um, but it's a lot of software testing and and reporting of bugs and I, I don't know. I, I tell people quality assurance, but that doesn't seem quite right. And uh, at night, I actually used to do a lot of improv content. I went through a Upright Citizens Brigade school in New York, and uh, I've had some local teams here in the Allentown Bethlehem area. But I also do a lot of theater when I have the time, which with an 11 month old is not all that often. Well, I was hoping you were going to say you were Batman, but uh, that's pretty cool too. <laughs> and uh, lastly, well, I can't tell you about that. <laughs> right, right. And lastly, uh, hosting today's game, Intercontinental Champion. You know him, you love him, Rich Flegel from Rochester, New York. How you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, this is a, you, this is what third, fourth time on the show, maybe. Well, do you count Bloodsport? Yeah, let's count yeah. Bloodsport. That was like six episodes. Yeah, great contestant. Yeah, First time he's hosting, I think. Uh, great teammate at Geek Bowl, so he's he's well rounded. Yeah, that's right. Why don't you t- remind our listeners about yourself a little bit? Um, well, like the other two guys here, I also work in IT. Uh, I work at the Rochester Institute of Technology. It's a pretty decent technical school here. Um, I'm a Linux and Research Systems Administrator. And uh, by day, by night, I do nothing. All right. So <laughs> good answer. Good answer. a lot more going on than I do. Sounds like IT is a good <laughs> racket. I probably should have done that. Yeah, Business. but then you have to do, like, math and stuff. So. Yeah, that's true. I do hate math. And just think of all, like, the <laughs> depraved things you'll see on people's computers that you didn't want to. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Well, I used to develop photos for a living, but that's a story for a Patreon episode, I'm sure. Yeah, or, <laughs> or just rent the movie One Hour Photo. It's about Ken's life. Yeah, pretty much. Well, without further ado, let's uh, go ahead and toss it over to the rules guy and get this game started. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. All right, so we're about ready to uh, start this game. Thanks to the rules guy for that uh, excellent reading. And uh, since you guys are in improv, Cantad uh, and uh, Keith, you're going to team up and be team yes and. Are you good with that? Sounds good. No. I'll allow it. <laughs> you're, you're disobeying the rules of improv right now. <laughs> and uh, Neil, was, Neil was saying to me um, that he, he really appreciates the uh, sketch where Ricky Gervais and uh, Warwick, Davis. Warwick Davis are interviewing uh, Liam Neeson yeah, and, and Liam- his comedy skill. Yeah, and Liam Neeson says, uh, you know, I've always wanted to do some improvisational comedy. And then he goes, okay, well, let's let's improv. You're uh-huh. a green grocer. You're a green, yeah, you're a green grocer. And he goes, uh, knock, knock. We're closed. So we're team knock, <laughs> knock. We're closed. Rich, take it away. All right. So uh, first category is science. What element is most prevalent in the Earth's crust, making up about 46% of all rocks on Earth? All right. Um, I feel like I always get this one wrong, but it's always between like nitrogen and. Um, he said element. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like uh, calcium. Calcium. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's lock that in. Oh, uh, I question one, and I'm already second and third <laughs> guessing myself. Uh, my gut. It's okay. We oh. botched it. So. Yeah. Yeah. We botched. Yep. I'm with. I'm going back and forth between silicon and oxygen because I'm. I'm ninety percent sure carbon is wrong i feel like i've said that many times at trivia before 
and I just can't remember which was which. I'm leaning towards oxygen. What do you think? Uh, if I'm going to lean towards one of the two, I, I, I really don't know. So I, I'm actually happy with oxygen. We can go with that. If you want to do that, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's early. We can come back. Even if we're exactly. wrong, we can come back. Exactly. You, you won't need to come back. So they're locking in with <laughs> oxygen. Um, yeah. We are going to... I guess we just had a long day, and we, we barely discussed. And we just went with uh, calcium. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the, the guys are right. It is oxygen. Mm, oh. Good job, guys. Wow. Nice. Ooh. So it finally paid right. off. You're not going carbon. <laughs> 50th time's a charm. Good call. Okay, Rich, question two, please. All right, question two is in music. What band had three number one songs on the 1995 Billboard Hot 100 with titles like Hold My Hand and Let Her Cry? We are locked in over here. I'll also give two bonus points if you can name the third song. So go ahead, guys. Uh, We're locked in. Yeah, You're locked in with the bonus as well? We are locked in with the bonus as well. Do you know this, Cuntad? Um... No, actually. This is Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, okay. And I'm guess I'm guessing he left off their biggest hit, which I'm going completely blank on right now. You What's that one? That's all of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that one. Uh, I think that's uh, Wagon Wheel, right? <laughs> no, that's just Hootie on his solo career. Uh, oh, don't call him Hootie. I want to be with you. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's the... That's I don't the know if that's the I... title. I only want to be with you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's this the chorus and the title. So Hootie and the Blowfish, bonus, only want to be with you. I uh, saw this band uh, at the uh, New World Trade, New, New World Center, New World uh, Theater. I can't remember what it's called. but they Of course keep, you have. They, yeah, they keep changing the name. I saw them probably in like 1996. They had a rug on their tour. They all performed barefoot. That'd be Darius Rucker's Hooting the Blowfish, and I believe the bonus is I Only Want to Be With You. Uh, Yeah, you guys are right. It was Hooting the Blowfish, and the song is Only Want to Be With You. All right. Question three is in sports. What college, with 13 inductees to the NFL Hall of Fame, has the most inductees of of any college? Some notables include Jerome Bettis, Earl Lambeau, and Joe Montana. We're locked in. I am very bad at sports. So I know Lambeau was the coach for Green Bay and Montana was the Niners yep. quarterback. I don't even know what Bettis, when he played or who he played for. So I will go with whatever you say. I mean, I'm second guessing myself, but I, I want to go with Notre Dame because I, I think that's where Montana went. That's And that's what I'm basing it off. Yep. Um, I was going off of Joe Montana as well. And uh, Ken took off his shirt and put it on the table and said, if you're wrong, uh, I'm out. And, and, so, it, and it turned out that I had the uh, answer tattooed on my back. You did. Uh, we went with uh, Notre Dame. Well, that's exactly right. Notre Dame. Okay. Question four is in literature. In Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, what is the opening line? She only used it because it was widely agreed you should never start a story like this. Pro, no, uh, it's okay. Oh, wowie, wow, <laughs> wowie, wow, wowie, wee, wow. Um, your and thing is, and then there was darkness or, um, or the end. What if you just started with the end? That'd be kind of weird, right? Sure. Okay, let's do that. Yeah, neither one of us 
I have read Frankenstein, but uh, we both agree that we've heard it was a dark and stormy night is a bad way to start a story. So we locked in with it was a dark and stormy night. That is a bad way to start a story, and it's a good answer. But we said the end. Even a worse way to start a story. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it was actually, it was a dark and stormy night. Ooh, huh? nice. Question five is a movie tri-bond. Nice. What actor was in the following movies? Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, and The Quick and the Dead. All right, so there's a misdirect there, I think, because Gary Sinise and... Uh... Tom Hanks, both in Forrest Gump and Apollo 13. Yes, But uh, I don't think they were in Quick and the Dead, either of them. Quick and the Dead is quite an ensemble cast, though. Yeah, it is. I'm just trying to think if Bill Paxton was in it. Uh, I thought Kevin Bacon, but he's not in Forrest Gump. Um, just going from Forrest Gump. It just give me, some, give me some more cast members of, uh, of uh, Apollo 13, if you could. So, Kevin Bacon, um, yeah, Tom Hanks, Bill Paxton, Gary Sinise. Um, Does Ed Harris sneak into... Uh, oh, is Ed Harris Forrest in Forrest Gump? Gump? I don't think he's in Quick and the Dead. No. That's tough. Keith I, David. Uh, I'm thinking of Forrest Gump now. So, you have McKelty Williamson, um, uh, Sally Field, who's not Quick and the Dead. Um, who are the other males in Forrest Gump? Uh, mm, let's just say uh, Gary Sinise. Okay. Uh, neither of us real, really remember The Quick and the Dead, but we think we've got the common bond from two of the movies. Um, right? We think there's a trap. Which oh, would, we saw the trap. We saw the trap you laid. Yeah. Which would be Tom Hanks. Uh, but we are going to go with our answer of Gary Sinise. You know, we thought there might be a double trap, and uh, but uh, we couldn't come up with a better answer than Gary Sinise. So, Gary Sinise. Yep, they, that's exactly right. It was Gary Sinise. He plays the marshal in Quick and the Dead. Uh, he's obviously Lieutenant Dan in uh, Forrest Gump, and he's Ken Mattingly in Apollo 13. Strong name. Ken Mattingly? <laughs> yes, that is. So uh, after five, uh, we're looking at uh, Knock Knock Who's Next, having a score of 32 points. Wait, what? Knock Knock We're Closed, you mean? I don't know. I didn't write the rest <laughs> down. It's too long. <laughs> That's staying in. And uh, Team Yes And has a better than perfect score with a score of 52. Hey, good job, guys. Nice. All right. Question six is in geography. What country has the following prominent geographic features? The Great Bear Lake, Mount Lusania, and the Peace River. I'm locked in. Oh, wait. I'm not playing. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry I didn't list anymore. Um, So Great Bear Lake, I feel like I've heard of that many times. Canada? Yeah, maybe, right? What's that thing about uh, sorry I didn't list anymore? Yeah, because Andy's Canadian. Andy Saunders, right? Complete the Uh, list. Do you think that's the clue? Sure. All right, I'm kind of, I think Canada. I think Great Bear Lake is in Canada because there was a movie that took place right, there. Let's yeah. lock in. Okay. Neither one of us has, I don't think, have heard of Mount Lucenia or Peace River, uh, but I know Canada has a Great Bear Lake and a Great Snake Lake. I'm hoping there aren't multiple lakes with the same name, so I think we're going to go with Canada. Do you agree? Yep, sounds good. Lock in with Canada. 
Yeah, we were, we thought that uh, maybe Rich's clue there, I'm not going to list anymore, was in reference to Andy Saunders being Canadian of Complete the List fame. And uh, we thought it was Canada. Yeah, so Canada <laughs> is correct. You guys are nailed it. We I gotcha. made this too easy, I guess. Uh, the next question is in food and drink. What aptly named cocktail is made with two ounces of whiskey, one ounce of lemon juice, one teaspoon of sugar, and an optional egg white? It's usually garnished with a cherry. Sounds gross. Yeah, I, I know a lot of martinis have, um, you do the egg white on top. Well, you know what? This might be a Manhattan. That's kind of what I was thinking. Let's just lock in with it since we're not drink experts. Yeah. Um, At, so he said aptly named. Is there any drink called, like, disgusting? Because an egg white in a drink sounds <laughs> disgusting to me. I know there are whiskey sours, but I thought that was just sour mix. I don't know if this is the real way to make a whiskey sour. Sure. Let's, we'll lock let's in with that. that. That's a much better answer than uh, our answer of Manhattan. Uh, well, you guys actually stumbled into it. It's a whiskey sour. Uh, aptly named from the lemon juice and the whiskey. We missed the aptly part, I think. Yeah, I, I don't even think I would have gotten close to that one. I was just listening to the ingredients and I missed the aptly. Question eight is in television. Dum dum. Law and Order is a mainstay in American television, having been on the air since 1990. Including the upcoming Law and Order hate crimes, how many iterations have there been? Well, that doesn't sound like a very fun show. <laughs> let's, just, let's just lock in. Okay. We've got the original one, Law and Order. We got SVU, Criminal Intent, uh, Trial by Jury. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And I feel like there's probably got to be like Law and Order Miami, Law and Order New Orleans. (laughs) So I think we've come up with the names of at least of six. And I'm wondering if there's a seventh one. That was like a one season. And do you want to go with six? Because that's what we came up with name wise. Or do you want to tack on one for good luck? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like we might even be off with seven. But I, I really I we could only come up with six as far as I know. So I, I don't think it hurts to go with seven. All right. We'll lock okay. in seven. Yep. All right. Well, they named a few that we had never heard of. Um, <laughs> we were able to name four. And then uh, we guessed there was one more. So we said five. So there have been seven Law and Order TV series and a TV movie. Mm. Oh, the the series were the original Law and Order, Law and Order SVU, Law and Order Criminal Intent, Trial by Jury, Los Angeles, True Crime, Hate Crimes, and the TV sh- the TV movie was called Exiled Law, uh, Law and Order movie. Came out in 1998. All starring Jerry Orbach. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually the first miss for Team Yes And. Wow. It had to happen sometime. (laughs) Yeah, he's been playing strong. Uh, It's funny about Jerry Orbach. A lot of people don't know that he was a a pretty prolific Broadway star before Long I actually knew that. Yeah. Go ahead, Rich. Dun, dun. (laughs) All right. Uh, Question nine is in history. During World War II... The U.S. sank a total of 1,392 enemy ships, or 5,631,117 tons of shipping. The submarine force, which accounted for 1.6% of the entire U.S. fleet, accounted for what percentage of the total tonnage sunk? Uh, 
I will give points within 5%. Let's lock in. We'll lock in. Yeah, let him talk. <laughs> Quick discussion. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me give these guys a little uh, hint here. I don't think Rich is asking a question about how submarines are pushovers. Since he was, uh, <laughs> he was stationed on one. Oh. Yeah, so I was going to So I'm sir. guessing submarines are pretty badass. <laughs> You want to go nine eighty five, cover eighty to ninety. Sure, I really have no uh, no fire behind it, so that sounds good to me. That's that's. Uh, I think you've been pretty good so far. So <laughs> we've been pretty good so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll 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 guess eighty five percent locked in. And uh, oddly enough, we guessed exactly eighty five percent. Well, this was this was a bit of a tough question. I realize it's not any kind of common knowledge or things most people would know, but uh, the answer is actually fifty-five percent. Still pretty good, um, which is still quite a lot, considering. Yeah, should have used the ten percent rule. He gave us a five percent window. Fifty percent would have been on. Yeah, and Rich, so you were stationed on a submarine. Uh, any, what? Um, which one were you stationed on? I was on the US, uh, USS Toledo, mm-hmm. uh, SSN 769. So, so safe to say, submarines are badass. All right. The current events. Burger King is planning on rolling out its new vegetarian burger. Even though the fast food chain expected it to flop, the meatless burger did unimaginably well in test markets. What are they calling this new menu edition? Locked in. Do you think it's like a, a play on the, the Whopper? The, the only thing I know it's impossible something because it's that it's that same meat. Um, it's the impossible meat that looks and tastes just like actual. Like I think it actually looks like it bleeds, but it's all made out of vegetable products. And the only thing I don't remember is if they called it the Impossible Whopper or if they're just calling it the Impossible Burger. I I agree, Impossible Burger. Yep, we said the same thing. Yeah, I, I think they're actually having a, a small version and a large version, so they're going to have the Impossible Burger and the Impossible Whopper. Cool. Hmm. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I have, uh, I've had uh, some Impossible Burgers. Pretty good. And uh, the good? Beyond Burgers are good, too. So if anybody's thinking about going vegetarian, it's a good place to start. Wouldn't yeah. they call the uh, the little one Impossible Junior? Yeah. Which sounds like a pretty good band name. Yeah. Impossible. That is a good band name, Impossible <laughs> Junior. For Gi- Dinosaur Junior? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so following the end of the first round, Knock Knock, I'm not going to try the second half of this, has 52. We're closed. And uh, Yes And has 82 points. So uh, Pretty good. Commanding lead. A little bit of a lead. I'm not going to you know write you guys out of this one yet. But, but hey, that's what the swing round is here for. So that's right. We'll see what happens. All right. So for this swing round, what we're looking for here is, um, according to the Census Bureau, 10 U.S. cities have a population of 1 million or more. Name them for five points apiece. Cool. All right. Sounds good. All right. We will break off and mute so you guys can discuss. Yeah. So as we pour over these answers, uh, we just want to remind our listeners about Patreon. Uh, Please shoot on over there to our Patreon website and uh, see if you want to support the show. We'd greatly appreciate it. And you get a lot of bonus episodes, neat prizes. Uh, You get to be on the show if you so choose. And uh, it's a pretty good deal. If I say so myself. So feel free to check that out. What's the website? Patreon.com slash Triviality Podcast. Easy enough. Thank you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. 
I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. And with that begging and groveling out of the way, uh, it's time to uh, check our answers. Uh, so, Rich, uh, what was the question again? And we'll get started. Read our list down. According to the Census Bureau, 10 U.S. cities have a population of 1 million or more. Name them. All right. Let's uh, go ahead and start with your guys' list. So take it away. Uh, our first guest was, guest was uh, New York. Uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Atlanta. Chicago, uh, Dallas, Phoenix, Philadelphia, uh, Houston, Boston, <laughs> and finally Seattle. Pretty good list. Uh, kind of similar to our list with a few variations. Uh, Neil, go ahead and take it away. All right. Uh, we started with New York, L.A., Chicago, Houston, Phoenix, Jacksonville, San Fran, Boston, Washington, D.C. And Seattle. Ooh. I got to tell you guys, you started strong. I think that's the <laughs> top five. And then after that, you fell off a cliff. Oh, well, that's not good. <laughs> uh, Rich, why don't you read us the uh, the top ten? The can true, you, can you save list. Can you save number ten for me? Because I think that's the hard one. Yes. Okay. So in, in descending order, uh, New York City being the largest, followed by L.A., Chicago, Houston, Phoenix, Philadelphia, San Antonio, San Diego, Dallas, and San Jose. Really? Yes. Well, a lot of San. Oh, you said San Jose. I'm sorry. That, that's okay. Which is one that's so shocking that when I tried to do this list in my head, I forgot Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. Well, uh, go Sharks. And uh, what's the score on that swing round then? All right. So uh, you're going to be picking up uh, 25 points at Knock Knock, which uh, will bring you to a score of 77. Okay. Nice. And uh, there's going to be an additional, if I've got my math right here, 35 points added to yes and. So they're going to go up to 117. Not bad. Yeah. They're crushing it. Yeah. But we could still come back. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I, see. I'm waiting for a... You don't a, sound confident. I don't, because every time I hear Knock Knock now, all I think of is the Keanu Reeves movie. It was free pizza! <laughs> We're close. It, it was free pizza! <laughs> ah, Genesis. In the beginning. All right, go ahead, Rich. Uh, round two. All right. So first question in round two is Americana. America's iconic Route 66 starts in Chicago at Grant Park, travels 2,448 miles... And ends in what California city? You can drive all night till the sun comes up there. That's got to be a song lyric. And how many times am I going to screw this question up? Yeah. We just need to learn where Route 66 is. Mm-hmm. What its name is. Mm-hmm. Where it goes. That's it. It's not hard. It's Roy Rogers, right? Or Will Rogers Will Highway. Rogers. Yeah. And I know it starts in the Kenny city. Kenny Rogers Chicken Roaster. <laughs> the old Route Kenny Rogers. Um, I know... Uh, what city does it end in? Um, Kenny Powers? He said... Uh, you can all night until the sun drive all night until the sun comes up. What song is that? It's got to be the. I bet the song's name is is for the city. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a famous? Oh my god, <laughs> California city that would be a song. <laughs> drive all night. Oh my god, this would be the oh, kind of thing that if we were um, in trivia, I would just marvel if I was the only one. It's the um, oh oh, uh, it's Venice Beach, isn't it? Oh yes, that's right, Venice Beach. Right. Yeah, yeah. We're locked. Yeah, the drive all night until the sun comes up is reminding me of that Cheryl Crow song, Santa Monica. So just go with Santa Monica and hope yeah. that we're yeah. picking up on his hint. Yeah. Let's all do right. Santa, Monica. Santa Monica. Our friend Brian might be mad at us if uh, Santa Monica is correct because he lives there. Uh, we went a little bit uh, farther away, uh, a place where Matt was training for his Mickey Mouse Club appearance at Muscle Beach, which is at Venice Beach. Uh, well, it is actually Santa Monica. The clue there was the Cheryl Crow song. Oh, God. So you guys were right on it. <laughs> Yay. Neil, let's let's get our shit together here. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a downer. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Rich. Let's turn this, this frown upside down. Hey, better days are going to get better. Make it an upside down frown. Okay. So the next category is science. Animal groupings often have funny names, like a business of ferrets or a bloat of hippos. What is a group of porcupines called? Okay. All right, we're locked in. I feel like this is one of those things I've heard and went, ah, and then has like it, now gone out of my mind. It's definitely one of those things that, oh, that makes so much sense. It That is a very clever name for a group of porcupines, but... How often am I going to encounter a group of porcupines and need to use this word in my life? Prickling, I like just because of the alliteration, but a hazard. What are some other synonyms for hazard? We're close. I think what we discovered here is you guys should just name animal groups. Yeah. They sound really cool. I mean, Keith actually raises porcupines from what I heard on his his bio. (laughs) You heard it on the bio you read? I don't think I can... I only have three at a time, and this is definitely a group of four or more, so I should go out and get another porcupine or two. Just barely out of your expertise. Got it. 
<laughs> I don't know that we're going to get it. So do you want to just go with Hazard? Sure. That sounds fun. It's close. That answer sounds dope, but uh, we just went with a s- spine, a, a porcupine, sp- a spine. Yeah, like a like a single quill, like what a predator rips out of a person's body. Yeah. Yikes. Um, <laughs> so it is a prickle of porcupine. Oh. 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 You, you said <laughs> that, didn't you? I, said I, did, so- I said a prickling. Oh, prickling. Would you have given it to me if I said prickling? Yeah, I probably would have. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I was called it that was middle in middle school. <laughs> yeah. By by your dad. <laughs> All right. Question three is in music. A rock supergroup formed in 2001, combining former members Tom Morello, Brad Wilk, and Tim Cumberford from Rage Against the Machine, and former lead singer of Soundgarden, Chris Cornell. With such top rock hits as I Am the Highway and Like a Stone, what was the name of this supergroup? We are locked in over here. Yeah, we were just talking about this yesterday. Uh, see, neither one of those songs sounds familiar, but I know this was like college. I feel like I know it, but it's one of those songs that I heard all the time, but didn't know the name of. After Hootie, I was pretty much done. <laughs> <laughs> Because that, that was uh, like the zenith of music or? or... <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely have heard of it. I think Chris Cornell just died like a year ago. Yeah. 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 I remember reading like the obituary and like, oh, yeah, he was in that group too, besides Soundgarden. Tip of the tongue. But, you know, I, I'm not going to get it, I don't think. So Hoobastank? Was, no, that was its own band. Hoobastank was yeah. bad. <laughs> well, at least you do that. That's <laughs> Mac. I, I wouldn't no. want to be the person who goes on a podcast and says Hoobastank is a good band. <laughs> and there's definitely more than one reason. <laughs> Can we just become best friends? I mean, I know you said Godsmack earlier. That, I don't know why that popped into my head. I just. That just popped it's, in the it's possibly. I don't know anything about Godsmack, but I also don't recognize the songs like A Stone or I Am The Highway, so I'm good with going with Godsmack if we can't think of anything else because I went through the letters and just came up with Soundgarden and Hoobastank <laughs> is a bad band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is going to hurt because I, I know I'm going to know it as soon as you say it, but I, I, I don't have it. So let's say Godsmack, I guess. Yeah, if you if you knew a little voodoo, you might uh, be able to come up with the right answer here. But uh... <laughs> sorry, we were, it was from Collateral with the when the, wolf, the coyote is in the middle of the road. Uh, this would be Son! yeah, <laughs> Audio Slave. Audio, Audio slave. slave. No. Yeah, if yeah. you'd been if you'd been doing the alphabet trick, you wouldn't have had to go very far. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I went right through A, and it did not come up. Yeah. One of my favorite shirts that they have, my friend Phil wears all the time. Uh, you can get it when they were in Soundgarden, I should say. Uh, it's uh, Snod Dragon is on the shirt, so that's always a fun one. Mm. That's a yeah. Soundgarden shirt. Soundgarden shirt, yeah. I was into them quite a lot, but uh, they probably were just a couple hit band, if I really think about it. Audio oh, I had like three or four albums. Yeah. Well, the third one was a garbage band. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Fair next. Enough. The third right, one was all Hoobastank covers, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Might as well have been. All right, question four is in sports. 
Since its inception in 1985, the Home Run Derby has been a popular mainstay for the MLB All-Star break. What player has won the most Home Run Derbies of all time? For two bonus points, within two, what is the most home runs in the Derby hit by a single player in one round? Uh, We're just going to lock in uh, by throwing a guess out there. All of a sudden, Frank Thomas popped into my head. I don't know if he... Big Hurt. I don't know if he uh, won any uh, titles, but I feel like he may have back in the day. I'm good with any name because it would be just a dart at a dartboard with very few baseball names on it for me. Uh, Let's go Mark McGuire. Okay. And for the bonus... You you haven't even watched it. I feel like I watched it a long time ago. I think the round is they get 10 quote-unquote outs, like if it's not a home run or a foul ball. I think they get 10 misses. So my gut was like maybe 22 is a lot in one round. Yeah, let's go with 22. Maguire and 22 it is. Ken and I really didn't have an idea, and uh, although Kantad didn't want to go with Barry Bonds, we just figured we'd hedge our bets and go with Barry Bonds. We went Bonds and 24. Ooh. All right, so with three home run derby wins, the most wins was Ken Griffey Jr. Ah, no. And in 2008, Josh Hamilton hit 28 home runs. Wow. Wow. It's impressive. I don't even know who Josh Hamilton is. He's no. the guy you can win a date with. Uh, that's Tad <laughs> Hamilton. Tad Hamilton, see, yes. <laughs> Josh Hamilton is that new musical on Broadway. Then Manuel Miranda plays him. <laughs> it's all about hitting home runs. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Rich. Not giving away his shot. He's he's <laughs> trying to get his one pitch. <laughs> all right. Question five is in comics. Many characters in the Marvel Universe have at one time or another been a part of the Avengers. Which of these characters has never been an Avenger? Cyclops, War Machine, Squirrel Girl, or Beast? We are talking about comics only, right? Yes. Okay. Okay, we are locked in. I'm pretty sure I remember Beast being an Avenger. Okay. And I'm pretty sure War Machine was an Avenger. Well, that, that one's kind of tricky because he might have been like a guy that hung out with the Avengers. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. I, mean, I don't know if Marvel's officially announced Phase 4, but I thought I saw something where like the new Avengers is a movie coming out in like three years and War Machine's in that or something, I think. I don't know. But, you know, the MCU could easily take liberties with what was happening in the comics. Yeah, I was... I was... I don't read a lot of comics, but I was going between um, Cyclops and Beast. Like, I feel like there's two X-Men there. One has probably been in the Avengers and one has not. Yeah. Um, although, if Squirrel Girl was an Avenger, like, I know her thing is, like, the isn't Squirrel Girl, like, the super overpowered? Like, people say she can beat the Hulk and beat Magneto and beat, like, everyone. Like, she's a silly little character, but has fantastic healing abilities or invincibility she came around pretty much after i had finished my comic book collection career yeah collecting career um i don't 
so I'm not a hundred percent on her. Um, I don't remember Cyclops being an Avenger. I would lean that way. I feel, I feel like that's, that's the trick. There's two X-Men here. One was, one wasn't. And if you remember beast being there, I, I would be good going with Cyclops. All right, let's do that. Uh, this was Cyclops. our reasoning. Um, Cyclops and Beast, kind of a big character. We figured over the span of the comics that uh, they probably would have been in one Avengers comic because they're so popular. Squirrel Girl, uh, have an affinity for. When I used to play Hero Clicks, our friend Dave, uh, he would always play Squirrel Girl and he would just decimate everyone. Superhuman agility, senses and strength, prehensile tail, razor sharp claws, retractable knuckle spikes, and ability to communicate with squirrels. Yeah, she was a badass. Uh, they were saying Anna Kendrick would be perfect to play her. And oh, then, I'd love that. Um, so we sure. went with War Machine only because before Iron Man came out, I don't even think anyone really cared too much about Iron Man, or at least didn't in, in, <laughs> in popular culture. I'm not saying he was a bad character, but War Machine is even lesser than Iron Man. So we thought maybe that the uh, MCU took liberties and put him in the Avengers just because Don Cheadle's cool. So, uh, Well, the answer is indeed Cyclops. <sighs> Uh, he's always been the leader of the X-Men, so he's too busy. <laughs> Couldn't be bothered, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. The next question is in movies. In 1999, Saving Private Ryan was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Unfortunately, it didn't win. What movie beat out Saving Private Ryan in 1999? You got this, Neil? You're killing me, Rich. <laughs> I'm locked in. Yeah, we're both locked in. Ah. Uh. I keep forgetting I'm not playing. Was that the same year where it was like two war movies? Saving Private Ryan was one and uh, Thin Red Line? I can't remember. Um, I'm pretty sure American Beauty won for the year 1999 in the awards not like award show that aired in 2000. And that feels like one of the things that a lot of people would hate that American Beauty, this movie about a pervert and a floating bag beat out one of Spielberg's best films. So I think it's probably American Beauty. I'm just I yeah. get these years confused when it's one year and the next. It's either American Beauty or the one that was before it. Right. If I could remember that, I would be able to confidently say that that's not a problem that deserved to, to, to win. Shakespeare in Love, wait. That's that's a crappy movie to beat. Oh, no. That's interesting. I think it's Shakespeare in Love. I think I'm... Because cause, uh, the Mr. Harvey Weinstein uh, like, did like a last-minute mega campaign for it. There was like a little yeah. controversy over that. Yeah, I feel it was Miramax, Shakespeare in Love, beating out. And people like, that sounds more right to me. Yeah. I'm glad I thought on it. Shakespeare in Love is going to be what we lock in with. Yeah, Keith uh, was 100% on all the other details as he danced around uh, Harvey Weinstein's last stand of uh, marketing money. And there's a great article in Hollywood Reporter about it. Uh, it is Shakespeare in Love. Well, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, that, Rich, when you ask that question, it's just another notch of uh, or another uh, blade in my heart every time I hear that, <laughs> that fact. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't real. I, I I thought you might feel strongly about that. <laughs> it's pretty much the worst uh, film that was nominated that year. Yeah. All right. Question seven is in geography. Established in 1892, 
What is the largest publicly protected area in the contiguous United States? It is bigger than Yellowstone, the Everglades, and the Grand Canyon National Park combined. Okay. All right, we're just going to lock in right away on this one. I would say I would lean towards Yosemite or the Appalachian Trail. I I can't think of anything else that's I can't I, I don't have the states memorized by like order of induction of like when I don't even know how many states we had at that time. Um I I feel like we're probably not gonna get this one. <laughs> uh if yeah. you wanna if you wanna go with uh Yosemite, that's fine. I I can't think yeah. of what it is. Yeah, I feel like that's probably bigger than the Appalachian Trail, so we can go with the Yosemite. All right. Well, I just thought right away that uh, Death Valley was protected and vast, so we said Death Valley. The answer is actually Adirondack Park. Hmm. Oh. It's the the whole Adirondack mountain chain, 42 peaks, all located in upstate New York, and it's just a state park. It's larger than, like, the three largest national parks combined, Wow, basically. It's good to know. Yeah. We're, we're learning some today, Neil. Yeah, I'm going to... That's for sure. Yeah, I'm going to store a lot of this away. Uh, prickling, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a prickle. A prickle. Prickle. All right. Um, food and drinks. Originating in Louisville, Kentucky, what is the name of an open-faced turkey and bacon sandwich, baked or broiled, topped with Mornay sauce? Do you know? Mm-mm. I'm going to lock in with uh, something that I have a feeling about, but I don't think it's correct, but we'll see. I mean, if if I were just playing by myself, I wouldn't think too long on it because I don't think I know it. I would just say Croquemonsieur because I don't like leaving things blank. But yeah, if you have any other options or ideas or want to think on it, I don't mind. I don't know. There's some Again, there's something tinkling at the back of my mind, but it's not... Uh... I don't think an alphabet game is going to get it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Audio slave. <laughs> no. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to lock in with something that uh, my mom used to cook. I think it's called uh, chipped beef. It's basically just like beef lunch meat and a white sauce and peas on toast. Hmm. But, uh, maybe it's a derivative. I don't know. Chipped beef. Uh, so it's actually called a hot brown. Uh, yeah, heard of that before. If you ever watch any kind of cooking show, somebody always makes one. I feel like uh, Mornay sauce is just bechamel sauce that they've added Gruyere cheese to. Sounds delicious. All right. Question nine is in mythology. Most of the days of the week are named after Norse gods. For example, Thor, Thor's Day, Thursday. Wednesday is Woden's Day, uh, etc. Friday is named after the Norse god of love and fertility. What is her name? Locked. Yeah, I I don't remember if I've seen it or heard it. I've always thought it was Friga, like F R I G G A. But uh, there is a Friga, but I don't remember what. Who what did you say? You said Freya, F R E Y A. Okay. Freya. I mean, for me, I I would think the younger version is love and fertility, and like the mom would be something of wisdom or motherhood like it would be weird to have like odin the main god and his because like aphrodite and venus and like the other yeah. mythologies they're all yeah. like young people not hera i i think uh i, I think uh, uh let's go with what you're suggesting let's go with Frigga. Okay. if i'm if i talked you out of the right answer i apologize uh, I, it's happened before and it will happen again 
All right. So they're going with Frigga. Uh, interestingly enough, we kind of had a similar question yesterday along with uh, one other one that was in this game uh, on an episode that we just recorded, which is purely coincidence. But uh, we think it's uh, Freya. No. So the answer, I will accept Freya. I And you're close on Frigga because depending on translation... Uh, sometimes it's called Freya. She's called Freya, and sometimes she's called Freeg. Okay. Oh, uh, hey there. So yeah, both point points points all around. I think. Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay. Yeah, actually, uh, uh, Freya is who uh, Rebecca Black prays to. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Ooh. oh god was the best part of that. <laughs> all right, let's mercifully end this game. All right. <laughs> Question 10 is in television. On the Golden Girls, B. Arthur's character Dorothy will often threaten to send her mother Sophia back to the nursing home. What was the name of the nursing home? And for two bonus points, who plays Sophia Petrillo? Oh, yeah, that's that's fine with me. Okay. All right, we're locked. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> Shady Grove... Sure. And Estelle Getty. All right. These guys are in with Shady Grove. Um, oddly enough, I've never seen this show. I just wrote down Shady Acres because it sounded like a nursing home. So Shady Acres. <laughs> and Estelle Getty. That one might be a Futurama one. Yeah, maybe. Oh, man. You guys you guys actually said the right answer. Uh, it's Shady Pines. Mm. Oh. Dang. I got close and for having no clue. I love that Estelle Getty is her mom, even though she's a year younger yeah, than yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> so funny but uh bonus points two bonus points for you, each team yeah. yep so your score is now 109 and yes and goes all the way up to 159 all right not bad the hardest math we've ever done on the whole show not out of reach but uh, not <laughs> close either yes all right so uh let's move on to the final round and get the categories from rich all right, your categories for the final round are Matt, Ken, Neil, Jeff. Yes, I'm in there. And Rules Guy. All right. <laughs> I was worried I wouldn't make the cut. Okay, and the wagers are all locked in after hearing those uh, interesting categories. Um, an interesting thing has happened. Here in the studio, we want to uh, represent uh, Oakland, as it seems, and we did Oakland Fives all the way down. That's right. And uh, the other team had discussed that, but they decided to spice it up, and they came up with their own uh, new wager, which is the Improv 9. So they did Improv <laughs> 9s all the way down. So it looks like we're going to have to go beyond basic math and do uh, semi-basic math. Is that what you would call it? <laughs> or or better known as basic math. Also basic yes. math. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about the Improv 9 is it would not be a good wager for a German player. Or a German improver. <laughs> nine. Two bets, nine. All right. Let's have those questions then. In category one, Matt. Matt Ryan, a.k.a. Matty Ice, is the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Where did Matt Ryan go to college? Okay. Question two. Question two is in Ken. Ken Shamrock defeated X-Pac in an eight-man tournament to become the Intercontinental Champion in 1998 what was ken shamrock commonly referred to as okay in the category neil 
and Neil Patrick Harris's The Miniseries, Dr. Horrible's Sing-Along Blog, Dr. Horrible is an evil super genius who is enamored with a charity worker named Penny, who is also the shared love interest of his nemesis, Captain Hammer. Who wrote and directed Dr. Horrible's Sing-Along Blog? Okay. In the category Jeff, I had a hard time finding someone named Jeff who was famous for science. So, Jeff Foxworthy is a famous American <laughs> comedian, best known for his you-might-be-a-redneck jokes. He gained massive fame when he teamed up with three other comedians for Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Name those three other comedians. Okay. And Rules Guy. According to the rules of chess, what is the name of the rule that allows you to move the king and the rook in the same turn? It is the only move that allows a player to move two pieces in the same turn. Okay, we will deliberate our answers and get back. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all the answers have been locked in after some discussion. Uh, let's get those questions one more time, and we'll give our answers. So Matt is good at sports. I wrote a sports question. Matt Ryan, a.k.a. Matty Ice, is the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Where did Matt Ryan go to college? Uh, yeah, as we said before, we we wagered Oakland Fives all the way down. Uh, I knew it was somewhere that was kind of um, Ivy League-ish, and I, we wrote down Harvard, Rutgers, Boston College, Pr Princeton, and uh, for some reason uh, I circled Rutgers, but I have a feeling it's not right. We didn't have a good answer. Neither of us knew. Uh, we went with Notre Dame. Dom. Because uh, Matt Ryan is probably going to be in the Hall of Fame, and we've heard a lot of Hall of Famers come from that school, so. And the answer, Rich? Is uh, he went to Boston College. All right, so, ah. so two strikes there. It looks like uh, you guys lose nine points, we lose five. All right, question two, which I believe was my category. Yes, Ken Shamrock defeated X-Pac in an eight-man tournament to become the Intercontinental Champion in 1998. What was Ken Shamrock commonly referred to as? Yeah, we just kind of took the uh, first guess that we could come up with here and went with Fighting Irish. <laughs> Ironically enough, uh, when we were figuring out where Matt Ryan went to school, 
uh, Contad said, you know, why not Fighting Irish with the last name Shamrock? It might be right. Uh, no, Ken Shamrock was often called the world's most dangerous man. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. In Neil Patrick Harris's miniseries, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, Dr. Horrible is an evil super genius who is enamored with a charity worker named Penny, who is also the shared love interest of his nemesis, Captain Hammer. Who wrote and directed Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog? Yeah, this one I was pretty sure uh, that it was Joss Whedon. Yeah, I think written and directed around the, the writer's strike back then, it was Joss Whedon and his friends. It was indeed Joss Whedon. Nice. So we'll get some points on the board here, hopefully. In category Jeff, I had a hard time finding someone named Jeff who was famous for science. So Jeff Foxworthy is a famous American comedian best known for his You Might Be a Redneck jokes. He gained massive fame when he teamed up with three other comedians for the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Name those other three comedians. We went with uh, Bill Engvall, Larry the Cable Guy, and Ron White. And we also went with Ron White, Larry the Cable Guy, and Bill Engvall. That is correct. All right, points all around on that one. And the final question. In Rules Guy, according to the rules of chess, what is the name of the rule that allows you to move the king and the rook in the same turn? It is the only move that allows a player to move two pieces in the same time. I believe this is called castling. That is uh, correct. That is the castle. Yep, and that is correct. All right, so with all of that added in, the final scores, uh, both teams moving up a little bit, not very much. Just creaking up. Just Just five points. Just a little bit. So uh, Knock Knock moves up to 114, but this week's cream of the crop with a total score of 168. Yes, and... The cream of the crop! Good job, guys. Nice job. Thank you. It's a great game. Yeah. Thank you, Rich, for those excellent questions. Oh. Just because we don't okay. listen, just because we don't know the answers doesn't mean they're they're bad questions. Just means we're dumb. Yes, exactly. So don't worry. Yeah, about I'm it. excited to try a hot brown now because I I want to find a place that makes hot brown and I want to yeah. yeah. find the best hot brown sauce. place in your town. I've never had one either, but I've watched a lot of Chopped, and it just seems to come up a lot. Sounds like you could kind of play uh, play jazz with the hot brown a little bit, you know? Yeah, hot brown sounds like he might be like a saxophonist or a trombone player. <laughs> all right i'm well, definitely uh go ahead ready to go to uh shady pines now yeah. <laughs> you guys made a good team though you did a really nice job and uh yeah. great competitors thanks for having us yeah oh of course you know we, we uh we're happy to do it we're glad that uh, we were able to get both of you on we know you've uh, we've been talking about having you on uh, uh for a while and it's just a, a pleasure to have you here especially with rich he's been uh raring to get a game in front of us uh, and we'll have to have you back for a star wars trivia rich we're gonna kind of billboard that now because we know you wrote a nice star wars uh, laid on me for us it sounds like a lot of fun and uh, once again thank you to keith cantad and of course rich for hosting today's game for jeff neil missing matt and myself that was triviality Jeff, Jeff helping out on this episode right yeah. now. Paul Clifford. Well, I mean, it's the archetypal example of a florid, melodramatic style of fiction writing. So. Excellent. It also says on Jeff's Wikipedia article that that group that Mary <laughs> Shelley was in actually inspired the name of Joe Satriani's supergroup, uh, Chickenfoot. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, what? 
<laughs> Let's move on, please. All right. <laughs>